0: The Rewilding Earth podcast is supported by businesses such as Patagonia, Catula, and Biohabitats, as well as the Whedon Foundation and listeners like you. If you love the work that the Rewilding Institute is doing, please consider donating at rewilding.org. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter while you're there. Lakin Jordal is a Borderlands campaigner with the Center for Biological Diversity. He works to protect wildlife and communities across the U.S.-Mexico borderlands from border wall construction. Before joining the center, Lakin worked with the National Park Service researching threats to wilderness character at five National Park Service wilderness areas, such as Organ Pipe Cactus National Monument and Big Bend National Park, which led him to become an advocate against border walls and militarization. I asked Lakin to join us today because of the incredible work he's doing telling the story of border wall construction and what it's doing to border wilderness and wildlife. His images and videos on Twitter have engaged and enraged a growing follower base we are beginning to understand what people who live and work in and near these remote areas already know. That the U.S. is destroying singular habitat and connectivity for wildlife in an area unlike anywhere else on Earth. I started by asking Lakin what it's like to work on the border, covering the destruction as the border fence cuts a line through pristine wilderness.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, in, in so many ways I feel kind of like a, a disaster tour guide, um, or you know, it's some sort of conduit for, for all the horrible things that are happening on the border. Um, it's my mission to make sure that people do not ignore what's happening on the border. Um, and for the last almost three years, um, I've been documenting the destruction of these spectacular wildlands, places like Oregon Pipe, places like the Cabeza Prieta Wildlife Refuge. Um, I, I go down and I, I take video and shoot photos um, and I write about what we're actually seeing on the ground. Um, and we are seeing uh, a wall be built through the most spectacular desert ecosystem anywhere on this continent. Um, Oregon Pipe and Cabeza Prieta are at the heart of the Sonoran Desert. Um, in this area, together with the UNESCO Biosphere Reserve that's on the other side of the border in Mexico, um, this is the best preserved Son- Sonoran Desert ecosystem anywhere in the world, and, and a wall is being ripped right through the heart of that. Um, so, yeah, you know, I see I see my role as as um, someone who really seeks to to bring this into the national conversation, um, and I do that by actually getting out uh, to these sites and documenting their destruction.
0: Well, you do so in a way that makes people understand a lot more of the gravity of the situation than someone might if you were just pointing and shooting a camera, which is not what you're doing.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: You have a really good talent for storytelling and for getting Mm -hmm. people in such a tiny little format. I know that you're on other channels. I see you mostly on on Twitter. But -hmm. in that tiny format, you're able to convey an awful lot. And of course, pictures being worth a thousand words, that helps a lot. And the th- some of the things you're taking pictures of, I just couldn't believe it. The giant tanks of water, now a giant pipeline running. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what that last picture that you shared, where that pipeline is actually getting the water, but I know it can't be a good place. Not, <laughs> not a not a good place. And the the thing that got you here today, the why I begged you to come here today was um, the um, saguaro cactus just chopped up and left on the ground and. I I, I was was telling you before the show, I've never seen the inside of one of those cacti. And I'm like, I never even dreamt of what they might look like on the inside. And I felt like I was viewing a murder scene. And I think I said that to you on Twitter. I was like, this is a murder scene. It felt exactly the same way. It was gross.
1: No one should ever have to see that. Um, I mean, Suarez specifically, you know, I'm I'm born and raised in Arizona. Um, These cactuses are, are sacred. They're the icon of our state. Um, and, of course, to indigenous people, they, they truly are sacred. They're the embodiment of their ancestors, and they are prominent in, in autumn uh, mythology. Um, and it's illegal. It's illegal to damage or destroy a sguaro in Arizona. You can face jail time. You can face thousands of dollars in fines, um, yet we're seeing hundreds of them just ripped apart, shredded, bulldozed for wall construction and organ pipe. Um, and those images, those visceral images of of these sguaro carcasses have have really stirred up some public outrage um, because it's I mean it's personal to us in Arizona to see these beautiful ancient cactuses just be destroyed with with no regard. Um, and of course in addition to being iconic, sacred and beautiful, uh, these suaros are critical to ecosystem function. Um, they they host uh, they host all sorts of different animals that, that live in them, different birds and owls and pack rats. Um, they're critical to the overall ecosystem function. Um, and it's it's absolutely enraging to to see them uh, just bulldozed with with no regard by the Trump administration.
0: Yeah, and uh, whoever has benefited from insane projects on the border now just building a wall. A lot of the pictures you see in the media in general are are um, of this fence-like thing on a flat plane. Um, mm-hmm. Looks pretty easy to build in that particular area that they typically show. One yeah. of the things that that um, you showed was a video, an aerial video of them going over something yeah. that already looks pretty strong enough and formidable enough to keep somebody from climbing over it and into our country already. Can you talk about that video? Because that that one too would have gotten you here had I not already <laughs> talked to you about the Saguaro. <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: the absurdity of the border wall is just so apparent when you look at some of these rugged mountain ranges they're, they're blasting through in order to build this thing. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we went out to the Cabeza Prieta Wildlife Refuge, went to the Tinoja Saltas Mountains, which are these incredibly rugged, just granite slopes that are like, it's like a 45 degree angle. I mean, it is almost impossible to hike up and over these mountains. Um, incredible wildlife here. Uh, bighorn sheep can, can hop over these mountains like nothing. Um, they've evolved to cross through these mountainous areas. Um, but now the Trump administration is, is using explosives, they're dynamiting these rugged mountain ranges in order to clear a massive path for the border wall. Um, and I mean, it's just so obvious if you see this, there's, there's nothing tactical about building a wall through a rugged mountain range. Uh, people don't use this mountain range to cross back and forth. Um, this whole region uh, of Southwest Arizona is, is the most remote region anywhere along the US-Mexico border. It makes absolutely no sense to build a wall here um, and to see the Trump administration blowing up this beautiful mountain range in order to uh, fulfill uh, what I would call Trump's most vile campaign promise. Um, I mean, it's it's nothing short of criminal.
0: the The fact that that campaign promise was just uh, a test applause line on the campaign trail. yeah, uh, as Bannon has admitted. And mm-hmm. others have talked about that it's like let's try this out tonight and see mm-hmm. if people glom onto that that yeah. wall thing and Trump being as vain and narcissistic as he is when he got a huge applause for it that's when he decided it was gonna become a real issue and he never gave up on it and the mm-hmm. fact that all of this destruction is happening right now because of a test applause line on the campaign trail adds so much gasoline to the fire for me because i'm just like this is stupid on its face it was something that trump didn't even believe in until people started clapping for him when he was doing his big rallies
1: yeah yeah and it's i mean i'm almost envious of how simple that messaging is i mean three words build the wall that encapsulates an entire worldview that fires up his base like nothing else could um and it's 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 so detached from the reality of the border, right? I mean, I think people who are chanting build the wall at his rallies, they've never been to the border. They've never seen these landscapes. They haven't thought critically about uh, just how absurd it is to build a 2,000 mile long structured barrier um, across some of the most beautiful wildlands in our country. Um, you know, it's, it's just this entire conversation takes place in this, in this hyperbolic space. Um, And and it's my mission to try and share these photos, to try and share these videos, to try and actually ground the discussion about the border wall in the reality of the borderlands, uh, which is a place of of rugged beauty, a place of incredible wildlife, of vibrant communities. It's not what you hear about on the news.
0: And I think a lot of people are having conversations as if Border Patrol doesn't have decade after decade after decade of research about where people have always come over. The landscape Mm -hmm. doesn't change down there. The mountains don't move Mm -hmm. around. There are places Mm -hmm. that people come through. Can you? I mean, there's another reason we didn't need 2,000 miles of wall to begin with because they're not coming over all 2,000 miles of border, right? Mm hmm. Well, you know, I think the biggest
1: fallacy is this idea that somehow the wall will actually stop people from from crossing. Um, You know, we're talking about families that have walked across all of Mexico, they've walked thousands of miles across a continent to get here. Um, a 30-foot wall is not going to stop them. It's not even going to be a speed bump. Um, I mean, you throw a rope ladder up over the wall, which we've already seen happen many places uh, where there is new Trump border wall. Um, you know, that wall might make it a minute or two uh, longer of a journey for these folks. Um, but, you know, there's, there's absolutely no data that show that border walls uh, stop uh, human or drug smuggling or stop families from coming across. Um, it's it's nothing more than a talking point. It's it's not tactical. It's theatrical, and really, it's hysterical. That's that's the point where it's, it's gotten now. So, you know, I actually started my career working for the National Park Service at Organ Pipe, um, and I expected to to pursue a career doing you know wilderness management, wilderness stewardship, working for the government to help protect these wild places. Um, I was at Organ Pipe when uh, Trump was inaugurated, um, and it became very clear. Um, that the entire staff there um, was not going to be able to speak out against this project. Um, you know, there was an immense amount of, of self-censorship. Um, there were career scientists who had devoted their entire lives to protecting this place, um, and they weren't able to speak out against this border wall project, which has just so many impacts on on the wildlife that they've focused on protecting at Oregon Pipe. Um, yeah, this is not this is not the career that I expected for myself. But um, you know, as soon as Trump was elected, as soon as I realized that you know working for the government for the agencies uh, was going to be very difficult and almost impossible to meet these threats head-on, um, I knew that I needed to leave. And I'm really happy that I found a home at the Center for Biological Diversity. Um, they're a fantastic organization that is certainly stepping up to meet the threats that the Trump administration is is presenting.
0: Well, it also—and congratulations for that. And I wish you were doing what you had intended to do, because in that, you would be uh, necessarily working within an administration that was, um, you know, sticking to the laws that was, Mm -hmm. um, you uh, know—and you can't do that. But but you landed in a good place. Um, And I think that the proximity to the other things that the center does, like the law stuff—I mean, you must be privy to conversations about— how all this is going to shake out. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people know that the center is one of the last things that are holding so many Mm -hmm. things up in court, holding Mm -hmm. so much of the things that they possibly can together. What do you think the fallout is going to be from this thing when we get to the point that we have an administration that is starting to address all the mistakes that have been made during this one?
1: Well, I think the federal government um, owes a great debt to the borderlands, to the people and wildlife in the borderlands. Um, And as soon as Trump is out of office, uh, we will be pushing to have every single mile of border wall that's been illegally built uh, ripped down, Um, and we're not going to stop fighting until we do exactly that. Um, You know, all of this wall construction um, is happening with money that was stolen from the Department of Defense. Uh, Congress explicitly denied approving funding for these projects. Um, because they didn't want to see American taxpayer dollars go to a completely senseless project like a border wall. Every mile of wall that the Trump administration has built was built out of compliance with laws like the Endangered Species Act, the Safe Drinking Water Act. Um, we've seen wall construction rip through communities, and those communities weren't consulted. Uh, so there there is a great debt owed to uh, the people in the landscapes of the borderlands. Um, and I think you know we need to talk about uh, rehabilitating land that's been destroyed and actually approving reparations for communities that have been ripped apart by by wall construction and militarization under the Trump administration.
0: You're listening to the Rewilding Earth Podcast. Did you know we also publish insightful and inspirational content from leading rewilding scholars, poets, artists, and organizers from around the world? You can visit rewilding.org and sign up for our weekly digest to receive brilliant, fresh insights on everything rewilding. You'll find over a decade of articles and news from the front lines of wildlands protection and all kinds of restoration efforts. Check us out at rewilding.org and don't forget to share it with friends. This certainly wasn't on Dave Foreman's mind uh, as an issue that would be uh, a call for rewilding when he formed the organization, I can tell you that. (laughs) Uh, this is just an extra egregious piece yeah. of crap that's just lumped on top of things that we were all already working toward. And yeah. um, to have to turn around and have to protect um, or reprotect or reactivate campaigns like for, for um, Bears Ears mm-hmm. was just never – it was never a possibility in anyone's mind that I've ever talked to. Mm-hmm. We all figured everything's bad enough yeah. that those places at least are protected. That they won't, you know, no president has ever come in and just undone so many things. uh, And it just wasn't in anybody's. So, yeah, the fact that we're talking about this on top of everything else, I mean, but we do know how to rewild. We Mm -hmm. do know how. And the first thing you have to do is get rid of obstacles to rewilding. And that border wall is one.
1: One encouraging thing about it is, you know, uh, as soon as you tear it down, that will reopen these nodes of connectivity. Um, And, you know, you and your listeners know just how important uh, landscape connectivity is. Um, And and it it does bring me hope, uh, knowing how simple it will be to tear this thing down once Trump is gone.
0: Does it matter to anybody, do you think, who is in support of the wall, who's drunk the Kool-Aid, who's totally, totally on board? Will they listen to you when when you try to talk to them about why the wall offense is stupid and it doesn't do really anything? And that you have the receipts. You guys know exactly how to Mm -hmm. tell people— you know, this isn't the way that you deal with immigration. It's not to say that we love immigration, just, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. this isn't the way. They don't have the patience for that, right? I'm sure you tried to start those conversations and it never (laughs) ended the way you you yeah,
1: It depends on who you're talking to. You know, I occasionally indulge some Twitter troll in a fight and um, there's plenty of people who will just never listen to you no matter what. Um, But there are some people who, you know, do want to engage in meaningful conversation um, and, and what I try to talk about with those folks is, is just look, if you want to limit immigration to this country, if you want strong border security, uh, a wall is not going to accomplish that. Um, and I talk to them about why walls make no tactical sense and they're a waste of taxpayer dollars. Um, of course, you know I challenge the notion that we need uh, to continue hardening our borders and continue to push migrants to their deaths, uh, walking through the desert. Um, but I think you know. Just from a tactical perspective, uh, there's a real debate to be had about whether a wall makes any sense at all. Because my mission is just to make this place real to people, to make this place actually uh, fit into the conversation that we're having about uh, about the border. Um, and and if I do that, I feel like I've already I've already won. You know, just yeah. just just talking about the wildlife, just talking about the landscapes here, that adds a, a layer to this conversation that is desperately needed.
0: The irony of all of this is that I know that your people who are seeing your images and your videos in a lot of cases are seeing more of that country than they ever have before. And they've spent more time talking about the border situation than they have actually knowing anything about the land that we're talking about, the wildlife mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, you know, I, I would love, everybody would love this. Nobody can really tell you just wonder how many people you've captured in that way. It's like, wow, that mm. that image that you shared changed my mind, and it wasn't just of destruction. It was also the stuff off to the side of how beautiful. Yeah, it yeah.
1: Is. Yeah, there's nowhere else in the world like the borderlands. Um, you know, the Sonoran Desert where I live. This is this is the world's most biodiverse desert. Um, it's lush. It's beautiful. Um, and across the border, I mean, ever you know, the Rio Grande in Texas. Uh, people think of the borderlands mm. as this as this hot, desolate desert. But most of the border is actually the Rio Grande River. Uh, the the borderline is the deepest channel of that river. Um, and there's some stretches of that river that, man, I mean, it's like a, it should be a national wild and scenic river in, in South Texas. Um, and some of it is in Big Bend National Park. Um, but I mean, it's just it's it's a complex, beautiful patchwork of ecosystems and communities that, that deserves uh, a lot more attention and a lot more respect than it's getting.
0: One of the images I've seen recently was actually a map, and it was a a recent approval or a fairly recent approval of 70 more miles of Mm -hmm. wall. And Mm -hmm. what caught my eye is it looked like an old map that we used to draw at Sky Island Alliance, Wildlands Network, Mm -hmm. um, and Rewilding where it was showing wildlife uh, linkages. And there were three or four arrows pointing from Mexico up into the United States, particularly that jaguars use to get here predominantly. And that new section of wall was going across all three or four of them. During this pandemic, the Trump administration has announced
1: plans to build hundreds of miles of new wall. Um, And in Arizona specifically, they've announced these plans through Arizona's rugged, beautiful Sky Island mountain ranges. Um, Basically, they're building walls in all the places that uh, don't currently have wall. They're building walls in the places that previous administrations have decided were just too ridiculous, just too difficult, just too rugged to build walls through. Um, So right now, uh, the administration is actually taking comments on a plan to close off every single uh, Jaguar and ocelot corridor into Arizona from Sonora, Mexico. Um, this would ram massive walls through, through the Huachucas, uh, through the Palencillos, uh, through, through the Pajaritos, um, these beautiful Sky Island mountains that are full of biodiversity. Um, and, and of course, this would slam the door shut on jaguar recovery in the United States. Um, jaguars are on the brink of uh, this historic comeback. Um, there have been seven different jaguars spotted uh, in the U.S. in the last two decades. Um, and essentially, the jaguars were hunted to extirpation um, in, in the 60s and 70s. Um, but they are starting to recolonize uh, the territory that was once theirs. Um, and of course, they play this critical role in the ecosystem. They're an umbrella species that that uh, really play a role in keeping the ecosystem vital and healthy. Um, and if these walls go up and seal the jaguar corridors closed, um, we can we can basically guarantee that jaguars will not recover to the states. Um, and that, that would just be absolutely heartbreaking.
0: That particular section of wall across those corridors, how likely is that to be done if we do the right thing and get rid of this administration? Can we still save that section?
1: You know, it's really a race against time. Um, if, if Trump gets his way, um, all of those sections will be done by election day. Um, you know, we're oh, doing thanks. everything we can to stall this project. We've filed half a dozen lawsuits against this project. <laughs> Um, but while those lawsuits work their way through the courts, there's an extreme amount of damage being done. Um, and, and yeah, it really is a race against time. But the reality is the, the administration has a bottomless slush fund of money that they've stolen from other other uh, budgets, other accounts, um, and none of the normal laws apply because they've waived them all. Um, so there really is no limit to the amount of damage the Trump administration can do. Um, and yeah, election day can't come soon enough.
0: And let's just clarify, by waiving the laws, they're basically just breaking them. They're, they're not really waiving any of the laws because they're not going through any of the procedures you're supposed to go through, environmental impact statements, everything. Mm-hmm. They've waived the things that can't be waived.
1: Yeah, I mean, these are laws that the U.S. Congress passed. These are laws, I mean, you know how hard it is to get Congress to agree on anything. Every single one of these, now 65 laws, the Trump administration has, has waived for this project, um, have just been cast aside for this project. Um, and they, they do that by publishing a list in the Federal Register. Um, you know, there's no opportunity for the public to comment on this. There's no opportunity for anyone to push back. Um, as soon as the administration decides they don't want to follow these laws, they waive them. Um, and we can assume that if they're waiving all of these laws, they're essentially breaking all of them. Um, and it's just it's so important to stress that none of these miles of wall would be possible without waiving all of these laws. Um, they couldn't build a single mile of wall uh, without, without throwing out the Endangered Species Act, the National Environmental Policy Act, the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. Um, it, is, it is just absolutely shameful what they're doing here. Um, and this kind of activity, this kind of behavior wouldn't fly anywhere else except for on the border. Um, it's, it's, it's really clear uh, that the borderlands for, for decades have, have been uh, marginalized, uh, underrepresented, um, and basically used as, as as political fodder for different uh, parties. And the Trump administration has has done that more than any other president has.
0: Have you ever mm-hmm. met an agent that, that feels free enough to talk to you about anything? Or is it pretty much mm-hmm. they know that mm-hmm. their head's on the chopping block, if they sympathize with you or give you any comfort as you do your work on the border?
1: You know, when I worked for the Park Service um, at Big Bend and Organ Pipe, you know, I would I would talk with agents regularly, and I was really curious to hear what they were seeing. Um, Now it's a bit different. Now when I talk to agents, they're usually yelling at me, trying to get me out of the construction areas and trying to tell me I can't be there. Um, Consistently, they try and kick me off uh, public land. (laughs) Sometimes they tell me that I'm not allowed to film wall construction, which is ridiculous because, of course, this is a taxpayer-funded project happening on protected public land. and I, you know, I stand there and I talk with them, um, and I make make sure that they know uh, that I know my rights. Um, and then I also try and ask them, you know, I ask them about what kind of wildlife they've seen. I ask them about the the activity that they're seeing. Um, and I've, I've I've heard accounts of agents seeing uh, mountain lions uh, drinking from Kita Paquito Springs, this beautiful freshwater spring in Oregon Pipe. Um, you know, those guys spend a lot of time out there. Um, so they, they've, they've got some really interesting stories and oftentimes um, have seen wildlife uh, that I haven't gotten the chance to see.
0: We have to end on a hopeful note, and I'm relying completely on you for this. What? <laughs> Because I can't get there. I I look at that stuff. And and when you said that we're really in a race against time, even for those Jaguar court, I mean, for for wall to go up that fast to cover that. I know that's a big landscape for them to be able to do that,
1: mm-hmm. possibly
0: by the time of election. I th- I really was hanging my hopes that that's just too big of a project to have been to be able to finish. But mm-hmm. uh, you help me out. How should we be looking at this? What should we be doing going forward? And how can people listening to this help?
1: Well, you know, I think we have this,
0: this huge opportunity, uh, once Trump
1: is gone, uh, to restore justice to the borderlands. Um, you know, I think the border wall now is, is, is inextricably tied to Trump. Um, and, and once Trump is gone, I think we're going to have a big opportunity to, uh, t- to tear it down. Um, and to, to restore justice to these areas. Um, you know, my dream is to see international peace parks established um, at Big Bend and at Oregon Pipe. Um, I would love to see uh, these these uh, international parks similar to Glacier and Waterton on the northern northern border um, where, where both countries come together to manage these incredible landscapes, um, where both countries uh, involve uh, tribal leaders in the management of these areas. Um, you know, I, I, I am really hopeful that um, as soon as Trump is gone, there's going to be the power, the people power necessary uh, to make these desperately needed reforms. Um, and I think, you know, people can just keep keep elevating these messages, keep talking about just how horrendous the border wall is, not just as a human rights abuse, but also as, as an ecological catastrophe. Um, and, and I am hopeful. I think, you know, the days, the day Trump is out of office, we are urging the next president to stop all wall construction on day one cancel all construction contracts, repeal the waiver authority that has allowed Trump to just run a rough shot over law and order to, to build this border wall. Um, and, and yeah, I, you know, I, I, I do hold some hope. Um, and I'm not just saying that. I think we'll have a big opportunity as soon as he's gone.
0: I do too now. You helped me a lot today. I know you've <laughs> helped other people. Lakin thank you so much for the work you're doing. I know for a fact, because I was in the Sky Island region, I've been along a lot of that border Um, I know how hard it is just to simply operate there to get Mm -hmm. there in the first place. And we, Mm -hmm. when you say remote, I know that people don't understand remote unless they've been there. And so they kind of get it by definition, but the feel of it and everything else, I really appreciate what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And a lot of our listeners here know exactly what you're doing too, and what you're going through to bring this information to us. So thank you on behalf of rewilding and everyone else. Um, for your work and please do keep going and uh we'll do everything we can possibly do to support you in any way that we can
1: thank you so much jack it's it's you know it's an honor to fight for these incredible places and yeah try and get the message out
0: thanks for listening to the rewilding earth podcast we do what we do because of you this podcast is supported by listeners like you who long to live in a wilder world please consider donating at rewilding.org and subscribe to our weekly news and article digest while you're there. To go the extra mile, you can follow and share Rewilding Earth on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Bonus points for sharing this podcast with your friends. To listen to past episodes, go to rewilding.org pod. That's rewilding.org pod.